0: Philips is focused on innovation to improve the health and well-being of people. Our devices and device-agnostic informatics solutions can scale across your enterprise to help care teams diagnose, treat, and manage patients with accuracy, speed, and confidence. By connecting the digital patient story, physicians and clinicians have intelligence for decision-making in the moment and insight to see beyond. It's our privilege to partner with you to care for the carers and to improve the lives of the people and patients they serve. Philips, innovation and you. This is Kate Cruz recording live at the 8th Annual Becker's HIT Digital Health and RCM Conference in Chicago. I'm here with Christopher Cunney. To get us started, Christopher, can you share a bit about yourself and your role and organization?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. and I'm so excited to be here at this year's conference. Uh, My name is Christopher Cunney, and I serve as the managing partner for IOTech Consulting. We are a healthcare IT strategy and consulting firm, and we work with a wide variety of players within the healthcare ecosystem, both providers, payers, academic institutions, government uh, entities, Education institutions and developing strategies and solutions to support the transformation of tech uh, healthcare using technology.
0: Fantastic! Thanks for that introduction. When you think of digital innovation, digital innovation in healthcare right now, what is exciting you the most?
1: You know, wow! You know, it's there's so many exciting things that are happening in um, healthcare as it relates to technology, and we could probably spend an hour going through a number of them. But I'll just touch on. A few things that are really, I think, transforming the industry right now. Um, obviously the big topic of today is machine learning and AI, artificial intelligence. Um, but you know, not just the concept of artificial intelligence as just kind of the in-all and be all, but really how can it be applied to start to close some of the health equity gaps that exist in our industry today as we think about the things around social determinants of health? How are we using these technologies to help augment? Um, and address some of these critical challenges that we're dealing within these underserved health communities. And so I'm, I'm very, very excited about um, how those technologies will start to play uh, an integral role in closing those gaps. In addition to that, as you look at, again, using those technologies uh, to accelerate the um, deployment of new vaccines, and new drugs uh, and how we can continue to leverage those to uh, reduce the time it takes to uh, get these drugs to market, I think is a, a very exciting activity and initiative that's taking place in this space as well. And then, you know, as we start to look at this emerging trend of what we call health tech or age tech, where we've got every day, 10,000 people are turning 65 and that trend going to happen for the next 25 years. How are we starting to now leverage technology that's to deal with managing our seniors as they continue to age, uh, providing things like telemedicine and virtual care platforms, augmented reality platforms, uh, robotics technologies uh, that are going to provide uh, needed uh, assistance to individuals as they age and manage multiple chronic diseases as well too. So there's just a host of, of things that are taking place in the marketplace today And I'm really encouraged by that as well too, but also caution, there's a cautionary tale around that as well too, but to be very careful about how much we depend on these technologies and making sure that we've got the right type of governance and oversight over these things, because ultimately uh, these technologies still rely on the data that they get access to. And so we have to ensure that that data is non-biased, that it's accurate and complete um, and that it does not do harm to patients, especially those in uh, underserved communities.
0: Absolutely, now that is very exciting and also very important. So at your organization, what are some top priorities with technology and like issues that you're trying to solve with these Yeah,
1: Absolutely, I think the things that we're doing as, as a advisory firm is really trying to help our clients Uh, develop a technology roadmap for the next three to five years. As we start to come out of this whole post-COVID pandemic and realize the challenge that many health systems have and continue to remain viable as entities and to continue to provide services, how are they continuing to leverage technology to be a catalyst to that as well too? How do we increase operational efficiencies within those organizations? How do we capture more revenue? Um, How do we improve the patient's engagement? But and also, very importantly, how to re- reduce the cognitive workload on the clinicians themselves. And we see more and more of them deal with a clinician burnout as it relates to these technologies. So we're working with our clients to address those and many other issues. But key to that is, you know, as um, we see our uh, uh, our clinicians start to rely heavily on these technologies, we want to make sure that those technologies are not also becoming a burden for them.
0: Absolutely, because um, I i mean, I know that's been an issue that's
1: absolutely happened quite a bit. Exactly. Um.
0: Yeah, so that I definitely think that that's a problem that's been recognized and now people are trying to, I don't know if backtrack is the right word, but right. definitely solve I, that improve problem. Improve on it, yes. it's like
1: anything, Um. you know, we, we're going through an evolution yep. of technology. Yep. Uh, and one of the things I, I try to um, convey to my clients is, you know, IT is really the next utility. When you think about a health system, for example, it's almost impossible to run a health system without electricity. It's almost impossible to run out without plumbing and water. And I would argue to say it's almost impossible now to do it without information technology because IT touches every financial business and clinical decision that's made within a health system. And the question is, how do we now leverage it more like a utility, uh, use it as we need it on demand? reduce some of the capital exposure that we've constantly been dealing with and uh, dealing with legacy technologies, and then find ways to operationalize it in a way that it benefits the organization long-term um, and not become a, a a capital burden for an organization um, uh, as they uh, continue to try to adopt that moving forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that leads me very well into my next question. So what would What is a piece of advice that you would give to healthcare leaders today as they are implementing these new technologies?
1: That's a good question. And I think to reiterate what I just said, that is first and foremost, understand that IT is not a cost of doing business. You know, you can't sit sit there and try to negotiate your way out of using it. You know, it is a part of what we do, do live with on, on a day-to-day basis and is a very integral and can be a very strategic part of your overall business uh, strategy for the organization. And the question is, how do you wanna apply it? How you wanna leverage it? And how you wanna maximize it to meet those strategic goals as well too. And then how do we position it in a way so it's not such a capital burden for um, the organization, but it becomes really a very predictable cost going forward. And then finally, I would say every technology has a life cycle to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think h- historically we've wanted to leverage uh, IT till the will fall off, right? Yep. We'll run that server until it's you know on its last breath. But the reality of it is technology is changing every single day fast. And we have to make sure that we build a life cycle management strategy in these technology investments that we are making. Hopefully leveraging them as a service so that we put that burden back on our partners uh, but if we do make investments internally in the organization, understand that that technology is going to have a birth date and an end date. And we need to plan for that as we move through our fiscal uh, exercises as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important piece of advice that I haven't heard a lot today. Right. So thank you for sharing. You're that. welcome. Do you have some examples that you could share of instances where the integration of IT and technology solutions led to improved patient outcomes or enhanced patient provider communication?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, I can give you a list of um, health systems that we've worked with in the past. Um, Now, at this point, I won't mention specific names, but I can tell you where, you know, we've worked with health systems that have... Uh, um, leverage that technology, their EHRs, for example, to really mine that data and identify these social determinants of health that many of uh, their patients are dealing with and create specific programs and work with community leaders and community organizations to start to help fill some of those gaps as well, too. And so uh, these platforms like the electronic health record can be as a vast repository of information that now can be applied Uh, to addressing these things like social determinants of health. And we've worked with many of our clients uh, to address those things. Uh, In addition, um, as we start to look at things like ambient voice technologies, uh, we've worked with our clients to start to adopt that. So again, we reduce that cognitive workload on the clinicians uh, so that they can focus more of their time and attention on what they do best, which is taking care of the patient and interacting with the patient and allowing the technology to do uh, a bulk of the administrative work.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great example. Thank you. So five years from now, what do you think will be some of the most significant changes in healthcare delivery and operations?
1: Uh, Another really good question. And I'll go back to something I said earlier. You know, the baby boomers are now moving into their senior years. So by 2050, a little further than five years out, one fourth of the world's population will be over 65. And so we're going to have to deal with this dynamic shift that's happening. In uh, our demographics, in that we're we're going to have a much older population um, that we're going to have to take care of. Most likely dealing with multiple co- co- comorbidity issues, uh, along with other things like long term care, for example, uh, as an area of opportunity uh, for health systems. The other thing we're going to have to deal with is the shortage of clinicians. know, with the great resignation that's happening right now in healthcare, we've got less people going into healthcare than we have had ever before. So we got to figure out ways to, again, leverage technology to augment uh, that work shortage that we're going to deal with. So how do we create more virtual platforms where we can manage a population of people centrally um, and use technologies like AI and machine learning to assist us in um, diagnosing patients and dealing with some of those more um, less acute issues without having to have a lot of human intervention involved?
0: Yeah, definitely, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, I can see that as well. So I have so much enjoyed our time today. As we wrap up, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know?
1: Thank you. Um, I enjoyed our time as well. I, I think again, you know, we have to continue to you know look at technology as a value add for health systems. And we have to start to foster <laughs> and, and develop stronger partnerships with vendors and providers. Gone are those days where vendors should be seen as the enemy, you know? They are act- actually, they are our friends. They are invested in this community and they can help us transform how we deliver healthcare going forward. So people like myself who are former CIOs and, and on the provider side, but now on the, the vendor side can bring a wealth of knowledge, experience, and innovation to the plat- uh, to the industry as well. But we wanna do that in partnership with providers as well. So we, we highly encourage and embrace uh, uh, collaborative opportunities to work together and and we also as vendors have to make sure that we're in it for the long haul too is that we're not here just to make a buck but we're here because of the mission of healthcare and that we have to also put the sweat equity in and invest in this, uh, this industry as well because ultimately uh, it is all about providing better patient care going forward.
0: Yeah that is a great note to end this podcast on thank you again so much for your time it has been a pleasure. Thank
1: you, thank you very much I'm glad to be here.